0: By listening to the Conscious Fertility Podcast, you agree to not use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician or healthcare provider for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Welcome to Conscious Fertility, the show that listens to all of your fertility questions so that you can move from fear and suffering to peace of mind and joy. My name is Lauren Brown. I'm a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine and a clinical hypnotherapist. I'm on a mission to explore all the paths to peak fertility and joyful living. It's time to learn how to be and receive so that you can create life on purpose. Welcome to the Conscious Fertility Podcast and our guest is Dr. Katie Wood. And she um, has a background in pharmacy, she's a pharmacist and turned integrated fertility coach. And uh, we had a good chance to geek out on her podcast where I was a guest. And um, she's a wealth of information. So I had her bring her to my podcast. And this one is going to be a fertility focused one, but we're definitely going to be talking about mindset and mind-body connections today, among other things. So. She's a mother and she's going to share her journey in the fertility journey because it wasn't um, as easy as one, two, three of getting pregnant. She is a pharmacist and an integrative coach. She helps women over the age of 30 to nourish their minds, body and spirit for optimal fertility health. So they can consciously, I love that word, consciously and confidently conceive with ease. Um, She comes with a decade of experience as a retail pharmacist Um, along with alternative modalities she's passionate as you'll find in our interview about educating and empowering women on their fertility and pregnancy transition into motherhood using her calm gentle guidance and she takes a very holistic approach focusing on nutrition lifestyle and the mind body connection katie welcome to my podcast this time
1: thank you i'm super excited to be here I think
0: it'd be interesting for our listeners to learn how you switched from retail pharmacy to focusing on fertility coaching. And if you're willing to share your personal story, because I know that often provides hope and inspiration for others that are currently on their journey to grow their
1: families. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So, a question that I've received a couple of times is how can you be a pharmacist, but then be naturally minded, holistic? You know, how can you hold? That duality. And I think my personal journey will kind of show you how that came about and how I'm able to do that. So I want to say I was 28 when we decided we would start our family. I was coming off of 13 years of consecutive birth control use. Looking back, it's like, oh my gosh, that's a really long time. And, you know, I had gone, I was trying to be proactive. I went to my OB at the time and I said, We want to start our family. When should I stop my birth control? And she said, oh, you can stop taking it and start trying in the same month. You know, even as a pharmacist, I was just like, okay. You know, I took her word for it. I figured that was her area of expertise. And, you know, lo and behold, it did not happen as instantly as I had very naively thought. We had started trying in November. And in my mind, I thought I'd be announcing to my family by Christmas that we were pregnant. So as you can imagine, putting that pressure, that deadline was really heartbreaking when it didn't happen because outside of my step siblings, I am the baby in my family. So I really wanted to surprise my family. So and then as more months went by, negative tests, negative tests. Luckily, my cycles were very regular every 28 days or so coming off of birth control. I had gone to my OB and I just said, hey. I'm not getting pregnant. I need some help. I need some support. And really all she told me was, you're healthy. You just have to keep trying. That's pretty much all she said. And really outside of looking at how regular my cycles were, nothing else was looked at. You know, we didn't talk about nutrition. We didn't take any labs. We didn't talk about lifestyle or stress. You know, I was working 12-hour shifts in retail pharmacy, a 45 minute commute those that's a 14 hour day you know that in of itself is so much stress on the body and you know being kind of like a type a personality the pharmacy background i went down a ton of google rabbit holes probably definitely to an unhealthy level you, right you went
0: to doctor google uh oh <laughs>
1: i did i did because you know i i reached out for help and i didn't receive it so that's that's what i turned to And, you know, looking back, I wasn't aware of it at the time, but I was very much in my disempowered masculine. I was gripping. I was trying to control and just very insecure and how things were were happening. I wanted to force it. I wanted to make it happen yesterday. I'm almost treating it like, hey, I'm in college. I want to ace this test. So I got to get all these things right. Right. But it's Totally not like that. Right. So, in some of my research, I had come across acupuncture, which I know is your specialty, how it can benefit fertility. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this, I'm going to do this. Right. Let's, it's funny because I, do find it that it was so beneficial for me. But at the time, for me, it was just like, oh, let me go try this new shiny object, right? Mm-hmm. This new thing that's going to help me get pregnant. Luckily, I do think that it was immensely helpful. Um, I found a local acupuncturist. He was amazing. He really didn't have any personal experience in the fertility space, but I really felt aligned with him his mentor did help women with fertility. So I think he, you know, went to him for some advice and things like that. And we want to say it was around month seven that we started working together on my journey. And we were doing, I know that you like to do twice, if not three times weekly, but we were doing weekly sessions with my work schedule. That's just what I was able to do.
0: And it is become specific because you're like 28 at the time, right? And fairly healthy. Yeah. So yeah, I, we're probably. going to hear your story, but with the acupuncture part, I I want to share and, and provide this education. You know how your acupuncturist wasn't like so fertility focused, but yet they, they helped you. That's because we don't treat the disease. We don't treat infertility. We treat the individual. And so with pulse, with tongue, with a full history taking, they're treating you and putting you in balance and a body that's balanced, a body that's, that's full of vitality, it sleeps, it eliminates, it urinates it uh, feels comfortable, not cold, hot, you know, it feels well, and it releases the egg on time and it has unit receptivity. So the fertility expertise just helps because it takes it to another level where there's things you just, there's a few extra empirical things you may know, you know how to work with IVF or with the ovulation drug. So it definitely um, adds to it. But somebody that doesn't know a lot about Western fertility, but is very knowledgeable in Chinese medicine can help women optimize fertility and the dosage gene. The research shows twice a week is really um, where we see the best results. It's like it's like studying once a week versus twice a week. Exercising once a week versus it's exponential. And if you come in healthy and at twenty eight, I probably may do once a week. But if you came in with severe PMS, menstrual pain, depression, bad constipation, or diarrhea, or freezing cold, or can't cool off, always hot. If we saw imbalances then that's where at the beginning maybe one cycle maybe two cycles two to three months where twice a week um, would be more beneficial but in your case um, if you came in you're like i'm just trying to get pregnant and they can't find anything and we can't find anything then i may just do the once a week where we're increasing blood flow and eliciting their relaxation response so i just wanted to share that with the audience so it's not something we can just generalize and it is an individual basis so you found acupuncture 7 months into this journey and uh, yeah I'm curious. I forgot actually Katie that you had used acupuncture. I knew we were going to talk about mind body and nutrition and stuff and and I knew you had cuz we talked about it but today going into this I forgot. So thanks for bringing that up and and please continue to share.
1: Yeah and thank you for that. Um that point you made because you know even though you're you're so right that even though his specialty wasn't fertility it is just about bringing the body back into balance. And I think that he was, you know, amazing at doing that. So we met about once a week, you know, we were doing moxie. I really like to utilize essential oils. So we were using some oils as well, some Chinese herbs, Mm -hmm. and then some other things too. And we worked together for three to four months. And by the beginning of September, I had my first positive pregnancy test ever. And I'm so fortunate that it was a healthy pregnancy. Um, I carried well over full term. I was close to 42 weeks um, when I had her at home. So the the experience with the acupuncturist was just really, really incredible. I feel like that's where the mind body really started tying in. For me, I learned a lot about myself. you know, I have a cooler constitution. I had a lot of stagnation in the body. We had to really build back up that blood. I think I had if I remember correctly like there was some like spleen deficiencies and things like that.
0: And so what to share with the audience, these are um Chinese diagnostic terms that have English translation. So when she has a spleen qi deficiency, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with her western her physical spleen or liver qi stagnation, nothing wrong with her liver, but we're talking about Poor circulation, poor flow, and homeostasis in the body. And when she said she was cooler, yeah, she's cool. As in, like, hey Fonzie, I don't know if that if I'm if I've aged myself here, Fonzie, but you know, cool. Like, wow, she's talking about like temperature-wise, like um, subjectively cooler and stuff. So that's again um, the metaphors and stuff that they use to come up with the diagnosis. Is how we use to treat using dietary therapy, acupuncture. She talked about moxibustion Um, and herbal medicine. So yeah, Mm -hmm. so they found some subtle imbalances, which is interesting because it doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna find these diseases in the conventional testing because so much of the medicine is preventative. So they're looking for imbalances before they turn into these serious physical diseases because Mm -hmm. in the West that we grew up with, what you've trained in, what I lived in as well, often absence of disease, normal labs, but absence of disease is healthy. But in Chinese medicine, Absence of disease does not mean vitality. Like you could have insomnia, you could feel really cold, you could have constipation, um, you could not be getting pregnant, and they'll say you're normal. But normal doesn't mean healthy. Normal means you're not going to die from that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we really focused on, you know, I was still working in retail. It was during the summer. They have Mm -hmm. the air conditioning on, like I would be freezing. Freezing. (laughs) So, um, you know, focus on like wearing like a camisole underneath shirts, just keeping the womb area warm, you know, wearing socks, things like that. And, um, he did. You recommend- were a
0: perfect patient of a Chinese medicine doctor. You had the socks <laughs> keeping your body warm. I love this. <laughs> yeah. I'm learning so much about you. You were, you're like the ideal patient that listens to these other suggestions, what a lot of people would dismiss, which we find are important.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's funny cause he did say that because one of the things he had me do is, um, black sesame seeds and I would milk mm-hmm. them. And I actually did it. And he was like, you are probably the only patient I've had that's like taking all of my recommendations. (laughs) Like, yes, I'm a good client. I'm a good student. And yeah, I really limited colder foods, raw foods. Um, We focused on foods that will help like build up the blood. So um, red raspberries was one of them. I would kind of gently heat them with coconut oil, pasture raised meats, things like that. I had even planted a raspberry bush in my backyard Mm -hmm. because I was buying so many and now I get to go pick those raspberries with my daughter and it's just a really beautiful memory and they're actually it's still bearing fruit right now it's kind of crazy but it was a really beautiful experience and I think one outside of um, you know all the modalities that we use just having his support someone to listen to me someone to offer recommendations like that really anchored in a lot of safety and grounding for myself. So I think that that was also beneficial.
0: Do you want to like, as we kind of transition <laughs> into that mind-body connection, how important is it to be heard? Not to feel like it's transactional that you're in an assembly line. How important <laughs> is it to feel? Did you use it? I think you felt heard and was it safe? Or, you use or yeah. confident? And have you found then through your research and and, how, and your coaching and your background as a pharmacist, is there a biological impact when you feel heard, when you can relax because you feel safe and confident?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, de- I definitely think that there is. You know, I think our cortisol levels can be more regulated. Um, our nervous system can be more regulated when we're when we feel like we're being in a safe, held space. You know, we're going to activate that parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest versus maybe going to a doctor's appointment, saying something, asking a question, and then just having it be dismissed. Or maybe they make a comment that's really triggering to you. And then that's just going to trigger your sympathetic nervous system and kind of send you down into a tailspin. I've had clients, you know, tell me that, they left their doctor's office crying and just like mortified and f- hopeless and it just so many things so i think having that support system is so valuable so you can yeah just feel like you have someone to turn to that's actually going to listen to your concerns
0: yeah being heard is uh, my experience is it's so important and you talked about that parasympathetic You know that rest and digest and then the sympathetic fight or flight, when we're in that sympathetic over time and time again, the blood flow we even know gets diverted from reproduction and digestion. And those stress hormones aren't conducive when they're they're in our bodies so often daily, creating that inflammation, it impacts our, our time to conceive. The research can show that as well. Have you heard of this with the parasympathetic? That's the rest and digest. That's where, you know, we really get to heal Um, because I use it often. I heard somebody call it the breed and feed nervous system too. So it's the rest and digest, breed and feed. And so with our topic emphasis on breed that we want to go into parasympathetic many times a day, which we can do purposely. Do Mm -hmm. you bring that into your (laughs) coaching? Like what do you do to help people with that mind-body connection and to help regulate an often dysregulated nervous system like you said you're working 14 hours a day you were quite you know and it sounded like your personality just the best student that can create stress when you have to do it well and you have to be pregnant now right and so many people that come to you i imagine they've been trying years not just um, a month or two and so that stress can build up right so what's your approach for that and how much emphasis do you put on the mind-body connection
1: Oh, it's it's huge. So it's, it's kind of funny. You know, I opened my business in August of 2021. So just over two years. And just to kind of give a little backstory, coming out of Strictly Pharmacy, when I first started coaching, I feel like the things I really focused on were more strategic things. So supplements, nutrition, lifestyle, right? Those are a lot of the things that I was educated on in school, that I could obviously learn more about specific to fertility. But then I have done a lot of my own personal inner work in healing with a mentor. And this is when I've started learning more about our subconscious work, um, inner child healing, Mm. kind of reprogramming our mind and working on cultivating, like regulating our nervous system in experiencing that in myself so that this has been for more than the a greater year this is now when i'm i'm really starting to implement this in my work with my patients and i think and i'm feeling very called to it too like let's still work on the nutrition cycle tracking lifestyle let's work on that but we'll we'll get that down pat you know the foundational things but then let's really work on the inner healing work and i think like all things it's not super it can't be generalized i think it needs to be personalized to the client i think each client thrives on different modalities that they can use so some of the things that i really really love are meditations um, or even just mindful breathing and i tell them you know, I, I like to say that small changes will build upon themselves and they're more sustainable. So instead of saying, I'm going to meditate for 30 minutes a day, let's maybe start with I'm going to do it for two to five minutes a day. And then you can build from there once you start really noticing the benefits of it. So mindfulness, meditation, I love visualizations as well, emotional freedom technique there is i don't know have you ever heard of eden energy medicine the yeah
0: sure eden? they often um uh, there's a an energy psychology group that I'm a, i belong to and they have conferences and and yes yeah, so i'm familiar with with their work
1: yeah so she has like a a daily energy i might be saying it wrong a daily energy routine it's about 10 minutes doing something like that to really help get you into balance she has certain um Like very quick positions, head positions that you can hold and that can help bring you back um, into the parasympathetic. Yeah, there's there's really a lot of different things. Journaling, gratitude journaling, I think is really, really. Gratitude.
0: There's some nice research coming out on gratitude as well, how it changes the brain. You know, these tools or techniques that you're talking about EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique, um, some of the eating, eating techniques, that posture that you were for the podcast listeners, um, Katie positioned her hands on her forehead and her back of head. There's a way to do that as well. What I have come, this is my opinions. Like I use the mind body so much in my practice, I call it conscious work or belief change work. Mm -hmm. And they're just to me, techniques, tools and techniques to get you into presence. Yeah. And when you're present, some research shows this. like looking at some of the energy psychology medallies, but what I believe is happening, not I haven't studied this yet, but I'm witnessing it in my clients and I got lots of stories to share with you of um, what I would even call almost miracle babies, because on paper it doesn't look like it can happen, is that when you get into presence, when you use these techniques, you go into alpha brainwaves that's what present moment is you go into so rather than high beta you're into alpha brainwaves rather in sympathetic and alarm you go into parasympathetic rest and safety and so all these things for me i don't they don't they're not a dogma for me the tools i you have multiple tools i have multiple tools if and you said they're individual if this tool can help bring the individual into presence then you're going to see healing happen because that's where your body's at rest. And and so your energy, your resources are not being mobilized for survival. You are freeing up your resources for healing, creativity, and reproduction. Like um, you talked earlier about like the inner child work. Everybody in my practice comes in by the third, when I do the energy psychology work in my practice with the acupuncture, by the third visit, they are not working on trying to get pregnant. Yes, they're coming in because they want to get pregnant, but now they're working on childhood trauma and issues. You know, they're go- they're finding the source of the stagnation, the block that's eating up their resources. Um, I love the quote. Your issues are in your tissues, and so mm-hmm. these body-based therapies seem to help. So, again, I'm learning something about you. I wasn't aware that you use EFT as well, and and I think what you've come across in a short period of time is how impactful and important that mind-body connection is. Because mm-hmm. I've been doing this since 2000, and. If you ask me, what's the most important thing? I love my low level laser therapies. I really do. I'm, I'm fascinated by them. I'm passionate about acupuncture and herbal medicine. And we do the supplements and the IV therapy in the clinic. For me, it's, it's the mind body connection. It's the conscious work, hence the Conscious Fertility podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just yesterday, I got a quote from somebody that I worked with virtually that's overseas 44, wasn't cycling. We did a consult and taught her how to use a home laser system. Um, so we did that. and. You know, she was struggling along this process and then wasn't meant to be. It was just meant to be a consult, but she was in her wounds. Like she was having a tough day and I just went into the conscious work. It just happened to slide in so nicely. She had a release and a breakthrough and she's thinking she's never going to get pregnant at this point at 44. And she's been trying for a while. And then uh, she sends an email saying, I'm pregnant. And she's like, it must be the laser. It must be this or that. What do I think? I think that she had that massive breakthrough, the release, because you could just see the presence. How do I know this? She f- was in profound peace. She felt so much relief in that moment. And so that's how you know you're in the presence. It feels good when you're in present moment, right? You don't suffer. I, I, I interrupted, but I get excited when I hear about the mind-body stuff. It gets me excited. And don't make it a dogma is what I'm saying to my audience. These are tools and techniques to get you into presence, to present moment. And that's where I think miracles and may- and incredible healing has potential to happen.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where the personalization comes into play is which one of these tools feels best to you. You know, it's not let's do all of them every single day. I think that that could be pretty exhausting, just like cycle tracking can mm-hmm. be. It's just let's pick maybe one or two or maybe, you know, I'll say meditate for a couple minutes before you get out of bed. And then maybe do a couple of minutes of gratitude journaling before you go to bed, you know, something like that. Or if you get your period or a fear comes up or you see a pregnancy announcement, do EFT in that moment. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be an every single day type thing for everything per se. And I'd love to to share a little story with you too. Please. So last week I ran a seven-day Mindfulness challenge in my um, confident conception membership. And really, all I wanted them to do was spend five minutes a day meditating. They could listen to one of my meditations. They could just be in silence, connect with themselves, you know, mindful breathing, and then just check in with the group that they did it for the day. and then i I you know offered a prize for everyone um, afterwards. If they did it, But I have a client in the timing. I wish I could say I did this timing on purpose, but this is just how it happened. We started on Monday. Her husband was set to leave for deployment on Friday. So she had been about five days into this challenge and her and I just had a session together and she said to me, I imagine that I would be like a much bigger wreck than I am. She's like, I'm a very highly emotional person. I feel like my emotions are all over the place sometimes, but I feel so regulated right now. Like I'm, I'm just in a very balanced state and I'm like, yes. And that is just from five minutes a day for seven days. And she noticed such a remarkable difference.
0: Yeah, I, I'm glad that you shared that because when you do this work and you do the mind-body work and the conscious work, like you said, she, this woman said she was usually really emotionally emotional, so kind of like a dysregulated nervous system. Yes. And mm-hmm. now she has emotional resilience. And mm-hmm. that's what we all want. We want to be able to go through life and as things are happening outside of us, that we're not at the full effect of it, that we're not traumatized and being triggered and activated where we're feeling afraid or angry or hopeless. And so you can feel disappointed if your cycle did not work that month, but it's not all-encompassing and you have the resilience to go forward and you're present so you're still receptive and in flow so you get still inspired thought to give you other ideas to help you on your journey. And so yes, in five days, everybody, with Katie's work, This person already felt their nervous system going from this feeling of dysregulation to what I would call emotional resilience, which who doesn't want to feel good?
1: Yeah. And another thing that she really started within that challenge was journaling again. And she said, oh, when I was younger, I had all these diaries. I would journal all the time. And her, you know, she just lit up when she talked about it. So she was also really starting with this creative outlet that she used to have when she was a child but she lost it along the way and I think that that's a really another important piece to fertility is kind of accessing that creativity that inner child play and I'm like this is I I was just so happy for her I'm like this is amazing your spirit babies are just like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh look at her she's having so much fun she's you know, really diving into her creative flow and just taking care of herself,
0: really. Sounds like the work you're doing is transformative, which is great for the people that get to work with you. I wanted to jump back to something you said earlier on um, in our, our talk today um, about the birth control pill. Because of your background as a um, as a retail pharmacist, what are your takes then on the birth control pill? And I think of a lot of like our PCUS women, a local endocrinologists here often would say that, that's not the best way to treat for example PCOS it's masking the issue and it can actually aggravate it aggravate it. i think it can affect maybe the blood sugar issues so can you talk a little bit about on what your take is on the birth control pill and again it's individualized some people need to take it for a period of time um mm-hmm. and i'm saying this cuz i don't want this to be a generalization but i'm i wanted Since I'm talking to you, Katie, who has that pharmacy background, um, I see on Dr. Google pros and cons about the birth control pill, and I was just curious what you can bring to this to our audience to know a little bit about or things they should be asking about or thinking about.
1: Well, one thing is there is actually a lot of different types of birth control. You know, there's the injections, the IUDs, but I think one of the most common ones are, are the pill, the hormonal birth control pill. And even then, there's so much variation in what is even in the pill? Is it just a you know a progesterone or is it a combo? But I would say for the most part, it, it really is just like a Band-Aid for PCOS for irregular cycles. It's not going to help regulate your hormones. It's really kind of tricking your body into having a regular quote unquote cycle. You know, when you are having a breakthrough bleed, that's not a true period, which you know, even being in pharmacy school and a pharmacist, I don't even think I had a full comprehension of that. Like, oh, this isn't actually a, a real period. This isn't a real cycle.
0: Meaning because it's a non ovulatory You're having bleeds, but you're actually not releasing an egg. You're not creating your own progesterone. So it's a non ovulatory cycle.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's it's basically a withdrawal bleed from the estrogen. So let's say that you are skipping your periods altogether. It's because you're taking that estrogen pill throughout. You're not taking a break because there's some combos where it's like you only get that breakthrough bleed like every three months, um, depending on what pill you're on. And then, you know, there's a lot of side effects that they don't really necessarily talk about very much but it can affect your gut health um it actually depletes you of really important nutrients especially for fertility i know there's a lot of b vitamins i think magnesium definitely folate things like that and so in my case i do i was taking a prenatal at least 6 months before i started or stopped my birth control but you know taking her advice my ob to stop my birth control the same month that we started trying was really not great advice i definitely advise people to stop it a minimum of 3 months if not 6 months a to get your give your ta- your cycles time to regulate and then really to kind of you know, get your, your nutrients up, maybe restore your gut health. If if you were on it for a long time, birth control can also shrink your ovaries is something that I've read as well. I mean, it's essentially shutting off your ovulation.
0: And your OBGYN, when they said you can try, because there's two different things um, focuses here. They're saying you can get pregnant because you can. After you stop your birth control pill, you can get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Your program and your approach is optimal fertility. How do you set that health blueprint, the epigenetics of this future child? Mm -hmm. And so your idea of restoring the microbiome, the gut health, making sure you have good hormonal balance um, for those two to three months so that during that follicular genesis, that recruitment and growth of those follicles, which one will be chosen in an auditory cycle or many in an IVF, that's what you're talking about is wanting to get yourself into that state of um, peak fertility when you get, try to get pregnant, where the OBGYN was just thinking, yeah, just get pregnant. And so two, two different um, paradigms or philosophies here, right? Because mm-hmm. you could get pregnant the month you stop taking the birth control pill, because you could release an egg mm-hmm. and you could get pregnant.
1: Yeah, you can get pregnant. I, I think, especially for someone who was on birth control as long as I was, you can get pregnant right away, but that doesn't mean that that's a great idea if you didn't allow yourself that time and space to really. What I'm trying to think of, what you said on my um, podcast to nourish, no, nourish the, the soil, soil. <laughs>
0: nourish the soil. Yes, which right? is
1: before you plant the seed.
0: So you guys got to go listen to my episode on on Katie's podcast to hear more about that. But nourish the soil, soil being the cellular health, um, before you plant the seed, because we want to be, we want the egg and the sperm and the uterine environment to be at its peak fertility potential at the time of conception for the health blueprint of your child because we all know when our child is born how much tv we're going to allow them to watch how much candy we're going to allow them to have but that health of your child actually is starting three, for the man and the woman, three months before you even conceive, because you're already setting up the epigenetics, the health blueprint of the child before you conceive, three months before you conceive. And then throughout the pregnancy, the mother is continuing to influence the um, epigenetics, the health blueprint of this child, how genes will be turned on and off. And then how you raise your child once you birth a child continues to impact that. But it doesn't start after the birth and it doesn't start in pregnancy. It actually starts what quality are you bringing together with egg and sperm? And that's what your work's all about. And I think that's what you're sharing about the birth control pill, that um, it's a, it can be a Band-Aid effect. And um, and some people don't, we do some genetic testing, nutrigenomic testing in our clinic, and some people have um, poor detox pathways and, and with the estrogens, poor pathways. And so these people are the ones probably don't feel great. Like we have Some patients that have to do natural frozen embryo transfers or whenever they do the IVF, they go mad. Like it causes such incredible depression and mood Mm -hmm. disorders for these people. So Mm -hmm. severe. Like some people don't feel great on it. I would suspect they may have some of those pathway issues. Some people, not an issue at all. And then some people, it is like a life-changing in a in in a bad way, and they won't take it (laughs) because it affects their life. So again, it, you said it really well, There's still an individual. So for anybody listening, because some people are going to need or have to do birth control pills part of their fertility journey, especially in IVF clinic, it really is individualized. And it's also how long, because you did it for what, 12 years, you said?
1: Yeah, over 13.
0: Yeah, so I think somebody on the birth control pill, 12 years versus somebody on it for two months, yeah. that's also very different. So um, just wanted to point that out, because last thing I want to do is stress our listeners out there like, wait a minute, I'm taking the birth control pill. Yeah, it's the body's resilient, but there are always things that you can do to support it. So if somebody comes in who's been doing birth control pill, that's where you would look at diet and some of the supplements where you know that the birth control pill can lead to deficiencies in B6 and magnesium and other nutrients, um, you'd either test or make sure they're getting that in the diet and in their supplement, I take it?
1: Yeah, um, doing that, also looking at their bowel movements too. I know for me, when I was on birth control, I was not very regular at all. And that's terrible. Um, So kind of seeing where they're at, being able to support their natural detox pathways as they're getting off of birth control and, and yeah, focusing on whole foods, um, making sure that they have a high quality prenatal, potentially other supplements to really support those nutrients to be able to come in. But I think actually that's another important piece about our gut health is if you have bad gut health, you can eat all the organic food that you want or have that expensive, high quality prenatal, but you might not be absorbing all of the nutrients that you're taking in.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, in our practice, we'll we always want to heal the gut and the gut microbiome, but we will use IV therapy, nutritional IV therapy to bypass that gut and address the gut because so much absorption issues are around that. We see people that have low ferritin iron levels and they're taking the supplement and it just is not moving the needle. We're not seeing a shift and we do iron infusion. So they'll do that and they'll feel great, but will it start to go back down? Most likely if we don't address the cause, which would be you know the absorption issue. and so. Gut health is so important and naturopathic physicians have been talking about this for decades and decades. It's only, I was just at a conference um, in September, 2023, where the, it was for um, Western, so it was a fertility andrology conference. And there was a presentation about the gut microbiome. First talked about the uterine microbiome for uterine receptivity. Mm-hmm. Then they said, actually the vaginal microbiome will impact that as well. And they said, and it's systemic, Every, there's microbiomes all over the body, the skin and the gut, and it and it and can everything can affect everything. So we really wanna make sure the gut's healthy, the vaginal and uterine environment is in that balance. And they said, we need to find ways to create drugs to treat this because they don't have a treatment. So they know there's an issue. And in my head, I was like, oh, too bad they're not gonna tell their patients that the naturopathic doctors have been doing this for a long time. So for our listeners, in the west they have realized that the microbiome impacts your health and impacts your fertility egg quality and uterine receptivity and i will share with you that if you talk to your chinese medicine doctor or naturopathic physician because there aren't drugs yet that really address it well they know they have great approaches so so talk to your naturopathic doctor your chinese medicine doctor because of their herbal medicine talk to dr katie wood here <laughs> and she'll give you some ideas to support that microbiome that gut health i'm glad you brought that up because that's something that's important that we often, if you go for a fertility workup and you have severe bloating, gut issues, skin issues, and they're like, well, your your FSH looks great, your AMH looks great. Mm-hmm. But again, you're doing a holistic, so you're looking at all areas. And we know now that the gut health can impact lots of areas of our our health besides mm-hmm. just in the gut.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I know that, you know, our main focus is helping women and couples conceive, but if you kind of step back and look at it from a big picture as well, when and if you do become pregnant, having that healthy microbiome, that's going to help your baby, mm-hmm. right? I'm, um, you know, especially if you do have a natural vaginal birth, that is their first really, well, one of their big exposures to cultivating their own microbiome. So that was a huge thing that I focused on when I was pregnant is having certain food, prebiotic, probiotic foods in my diet and really trying not to um, test for that strep B. Mm-hmm. So then I didn't have to have um, antibiotics during the birth. I mean, that that's just kind of getting in the weeds a little bit there, but it's just a very big picture to allow yourself that time, that, you know, preconception, time where you work on your body, you're really nourishing the soil to plant the seed, but then also to grow the plant. So then you have that healthy blossom, the healthy fruit and and all of those good things.
0: Katie, I'm so glad we got together. And if people want to connect with you to learn more about how you focus on nutrition, lifestyle, and the mind-body connection in your fertility coaching, I'll put in the show notes a whole bunch of links for them to find you. But what's kind of one or two places you definitely want them to go to to connect with you or to download some of the uh, resources that you offer?
1: So I'm definitely most active on Instagram. So you can find me at the underscore wellness underscore pharmacist. If you're not on Instagram, but maybe you're on other social media platforms, I have quite a few of them. I would say going to my website would probably be easiest. All of the social media icons are right up at the top. And that's happynourishedmotherhood.com.
0: And we'll put that in the show notes. And then the podcast that we did where you got to interview me is called, is it Rising into Mindful Motherhood?
1: Yes, Rising okay. into Mindful Motherhood, yeah. And
0: so that's um, Katie's podcast, which you can find on Amazon, Apple, and Spotify. So my episodes on there, or will be on there, I don't know when she'll release it, and um, so many other episodes she's done. So check out Katie on her podcast and at her website and on Instagram. Katie, thanks so much for joining me today and sharing your story. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. It was a pleasure. If you're looking for support to grow your family, contact Acubalance Wellness Center. At Acubalance, they help you reach your peak fertility potential through their integrative approach using low-level laser therapy, fertility acupuncture, and naturopathic medicine. Download the Acubalance fertility diet and Dr. Brown's video for mastering manifestation and clearing subconscious blocks. Go to acubalance.ca. That's acubalance.ca.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Conscious Fertility, the show that helps you receive life on purpose. Please take a moment to subscribe to the show and join the community of women and men on their path to peak fertility and choosing to live consciously on purpose. I would love to continue this conversation with you, so please direct message me on Instagram at Lauren Brown Official. That's Instagram, Lauren Brown Official. Or you can visit my websites, laurenbrown.com and acubalance.ca. Until the next episode, stay curious, and for a few moments, bring your awareness to your heart center and breathe.